What's up? This is Akira the Don, and it is the This Week in Meaning Wave podcast. This week in Meaning Wave, we are welcoming a brand new addition to the Meaning Wave universe in the full album format. We've had a we've had a couple singles, but welcoming to the Meaning Wave universe with his first full length album in collaboration with your friendly neighborhood Don, who is I. I'd like a big round of applause for Emperor Marcus Aurelius Antoninus Augustus, aka Marcus Aurelius. Immortal Wave Lord. I'll give him a Wave Lord title. You know, I'm the Wave Lord. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's a high title to bestow. He, he, you know, I think he gets it. I think he gets it, you know. Uh, you know, born April 26th in the year 121, died March 17th, the year 180, and yet, as immortal a human as as you could uh, as you could imagine, really. I mean, this guy definitely existed, and he definitely still exists. He definitely existed 2,000 years ago as a Roman emperor and Stoic philosopher, and he definitely still exists now as older and so much more. Well, I guess he's not a Roman emperor anymore, but you know, you know what I mean. Like, I don't know how many copies of his book are sold each year, but it's got to be a lot. You know, Meditations, aka the greatest Twitter account of all time. Of 2000 years ago, in which Marcus Aurelius distilled all of his wisdom into, I, I, I mean, apparently the thing was never supposed to be published. I guess it was just notes to himself, you know, so he was just like writing down the things he'd learned and really trying to crystallize them. He was like, he was like a Naval Ravikant of his day, you know, if Naval Ravikant also happened to like rule an empire, <laughs> you know, and uh, Meditations, his book, like, I really got into that a couple of years ago. It's one of those things, you know, it's always been around, it's always been around and you've always heard it quoted from and, you know, I've been aware of, of Marcus Aurelius quotes my whole, you know, most of my life, you know. I think Hunter S. Thompson used to quote him, you know. He's, he's one of those guys you've always heard his stuff somewhere. But I didn't like really read Meditation until a couple of years ago. And um, it's one of those ones where like every paragraph you highlight in it. You know, if you're reading it, if you're reading it on your Kindle, every you're like saving it, you know what I mean? And if you're reading it in a book, and I did both, you'd be there with your marker or you'd be folding a page so you can come back to that shit later because like it's all gems. It's all gems. It's all so good and relevant and useful. And you know, you go, wow, all of these, all of these things, all of these issues, all of these problems that confront and plague modern man. This motherfucker, you know, he had the answers to this shit 2000 years ago. My guy Nas, you know, what do you say? He said, no idea is original. There's nothing new under the sun. It isn't what you do, but how it's done. 
you know, there's a truth in that. Like, the answers, like, any problem you might have, it's quite likely that someone worked that shit out thousands of years ago. And you think about what your problems are, what are, you know, what the problems in the world are, like, you know, whether it's, like, diet or health or how to deal with other people or how to deal with pressure or anxiety or pain or suffering or death, whatever it is, like, motherfuckers thought that shit through. These things have been considered and, and a lot of it, like, pretty much... Most of it, man, most of it has been worked out. You know, I guess, you know, we create some new problems, you know, modern problems require modern solutions type thing, but not necessarily, man. A lot of modern problems just require 2,000-year-old solutions that my guy Marcus wrote down in his little diary a couple of thousand years ago. But here's the thing about meditations. It ain't no storybook. It ain't no novel. It's not a thing you can just sit there and you're like reading it like and like, oh, I can't wait to get to the next bit. It's more like, ooh, I want to like soak this bit in. This is like, I don't want to forget this bit. Or maybe I should just sit here and reread the same page over and over. And what it is, obviously, is it something that really lends itself to a psychotechnology that was developed by a guy called Akira the Don. Um, it was sort of became popular in around 2018 it was the result of a life of a life's work you know but i guess it was really put together properly in around 2018 and this psychotechnology aims to you know distill the wisdom of the ages and and put it into a form that, that the human can uh, take in and use it to really integrate those ideas right using uh using an ancient human weapon called music and that that human Psychotechnology or, or in the wrong hands weapon of music has been used for all kinds of crazy things over the years. And some say the Egyptians used it to uh, build their pyramids back in the day. I mean, nowadays, what well, we use it for, like, to, uh, you know, make, make girls uh, get on all fours and, like, try and break light fixtures with their asses, which is what was going on in the club on Saturday. I swear, man, every week I DJ, like, the dancing gets more lewd. And it's very interesting because it like, uh, it used to be that like black girls would come in the club and like shake their asses and the white girls would sort of like giggle shyly. Now the white girls just come straight up in the club and just like they're straight on the floor, like, like upside down type thing. And you know, they're very happy and they're enjoying themselves and it's a beautiful thing. Uh, but you know, like people have been using music to do all sorts of crazy things, you know, to woo ladies. Uh, to sell to sell soap and cars you know like the advertising people they worked this out a long time ago there is such a thing as a jingle you know and the jingle you take the idea that the advertisers want in your head and you put it in a catchy bit of music and then that sh that thing is stuck in your head you know people be singing these jingles people be singing jingles from the 50s today you know, and people be out there buying things because it, it was in a catchy song. And you think that all that pop music you're listening to with all of its messaging, whatever it's talking about, like whether it's like, you know, who is it? Who is it today? Oh, it's people been sending me. But uh, my guy, AJ Cortez, he tweeted something uh, about like simp music. What was it? I'll look it up. 
can't remember exactly what he said. He's talking about sad boy music, you know. Um, sad boy music, you know. Sad boy music has been a thing over the past seven years because you know we swung into that 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 was the the swing, the cultural swing. You go from the psychedelic, light, bright, happy, joyful to the to the nihilistic, dark, punk, gloomy, etc. You know. So Young Lean was really a pioneer. Young Lean is a Swedish rapper. He emerged in around 20, 2012, was it? He came just after after Little B. You know, and he was, uh, he was, he called his thing, he was a sad boy. That was his wave. You know, and he, and he sort of rapped about being sad and awkward. And you know what I mean? And uh, he's very influential. He's very influential. I don't know if people give him his props in the way they should. But like mainstream, sort of a lot of mainstream, Trey, you listen to Juice World, rest in peace, like brilliant, brilliant artist. But lyrically, man, he was just singing a lot of sad, miserable stuff. He was, you know, not very useful stuff. Just like, I'm sad. I can't interact with women in any kind of a positive way. I'm gonna take loads of drugs to ease my pain, you know? And it's like, you know, that's what Kurt Cobain was on. You know what I mean? Loved Kurt Cobain too, man. When I was thirteen, he was my favorite. He was my favorite. I love Nirvana. You know these things come in cycles, but it's like, what did Alexander J. A. Cortez say? He said, "Once you realize music is mental programming, your inclination to listen to sad boy music of men pining for women that rejected them will cease instantly." Much of popular music today is bottom tier male whining. Reject all of it. Anything you consume becomes a part of you. I'm just no good for you. Don't deserve you. I wish you'd choose me. That's 90% of mainstream pop and hip hop. Plug that in your brain for hours every day. It is beta programming and you consume it willingly because it's catchy. And you know, he's not wrong. He's not entirely wrong. Uh, there are other programs in the music as well. Um, you know, it's uh, Ariana Grande, Lizzo, all that type of stuff. That's all, uh, yo girl, you're great just the way you are. You don't need no stupid man. Yeah, you know, uh, ba 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 all that type of thing. It's apparently empowering. Like, here's one thing which is which is unfortunate but true, right? Uh, Self love is not looking in the mirror and going, "Yeah, that's fine. Actually, you know, that's amazing. Yeah, that, I love that. That's brilliant, right?" Uh, it's actually not, unless you happen to have been putting in an incredible amount of work and you've reached peak human. That's not self-love. That's that's a kind of weird kind of self-abuse, right? Because what you're doing is you're stopping that you uh, becoming all that it could be. You know, that's 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 uh, that's abuse. You know, self-love is looking in the mirror, going, "Ah, right, you're a bad motherfucker, right? But what can we fix here? All right, how could you be more of a bad motherfucker? How could you be closer to congruency? How could you be closer to God? How could you be closer to your potential? You know what I mean?" Like, and like, how can we work to make you as healthy as possible, as smart as possible, as useful as possible, uh, you know, as incongruous as possible? That's self-love, Lizzo. She. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Scott Adams, he says, you know, he doesn't listen to music because it's dangerous. Music is dangerous. Like Scott Adams makes the point, you know, he's like, music is dangerous because you could put on a song and it can completely change your mood. And that can completely then therefore alter what you do, how you act, how you react in whatever situation you happen to be in. What are you up to that day? What are you up to? What have you got going on? You listen to the wrong bit of music, that could change everything, man. That could change the whole future. 
the wrong piece of music could change your future and your future can change the world. So you choosing the wrong music to listen to today, right? That can have real serious effects on the galaxy, on the universe, on everything beyond that, all right? It's a serious decision you're making when you choose to press play or shuffle. Shuffle, that's rolling the dice. You gotta have picked a smart playlist, dude. You gotta be careful. Yo. And you know, that's why uh, I invented the psychotechnology that we call Meaning Wave. Because I know full well the power of music. All right, I know full well the power of music. I've been working with music my whole life. That's all I know, that's all I do. It's my first memories. The power of music is very, very evident. Us, you know, just on a basic level, I mean, the club, I can play a couple records, man. I can play like, I reckon I've done it before in two. I reckon three, you can set people, you can get people to start fighting. You choose three, the three right records in sequence, at the right time of night, you can have people fighting. Similarly, you can have people doing the opposite. You can bring people together. You know, you'd be playing certain kinds of records in the club and they'll get people to start dancing in a certain way. Someone might choose a partner or whatever, you know, and like dance with someone they never met before. If you then play another certain kind of record after that that brings them closer together, you, they can start making out. Or you can destroy that relationship there and then. So, you know, sometimes I've done that. I've made those decisions. Like, there was one time, uh, not too long ago, this really sweet girl, she comes down, uh, she listened to me on the High Existence podcast and became a fan, you know, and um, she was uh, dancing, she got real drunk and she's dancing with this guy and this guy was obviously like a creep. He was obviously a creep you know, and they were coming closer together. So I deliberately played some masculine shit that would and sort of like, and then Lulu, <laughs> which caused the dancing to go in such a direction that the guy could not like, cause she was well drunk, man. Like she was, she was not in control of her shit. And uh, this guy was absolute fucking, like he was definitely a rapist, you know? So I used music to avert a potential rape. It did, you know, and you got to do that shit sometimes, you know, and, uh, so you could think about that on a national, on a mass level, you know what I mean? Think about that on the macro. You know, think about that on the macro. What was that? I was reading Robert Cialdini's book, Persuasion, which is about how uh, it's the science of uh, what comes before persuasion, when you set things up, when you lay the ground to be persuasive. They found that in wine shops that played French music, people bought more French wine. Like way more. And then when they asked the people after they made their purchases, like what went into the decision, none of them said the music, none of them even thought about it, none of them even noticed it. Music is powerful shit, man. We don't even know how powerful. I don't know if like, I don't know if the government's done tests on this. I don't know if the CIA done tests on this or shit, but like I ain't seen nothing public about like they should really be investigating this in a like a really hard, high, hardcore fashion. This is the most powerful substance known to man, and you can't even touch it. You know, it ain't like, it ain't like some sneaky, you know, it ain't like a, a liquid that you could like drip on someone or whatever. There's some shit you can just like blow it through the air. You know, like everyone's all freaking out about coronavirus and shit. Like if I don't touch you, you know what I mean? And like, you don't get your shit in, in the little holes. You know, I got, I got some nostrils. 
I got like eyeballs. You know what I mean? If I keep those things like away from you, you can't hurt me. But you you could play some music at me right now, and that could fuck up my whole day. And it could go in, and never leave. Some music goes in and it doesn't cut, and you don't notice it. It bubbles back out again, like twenty years later. You know. So anyway, what I figured was well, meditations. This is not. You couldn't turn this into a movie. You know. This is a great Twitter account, but you don't kind of want to be reading like one tweet a day over the course of thirty years. You know, or the course of a year maybe. And thinking about it a lot. No, in fact, there's, there is no better way, no more optimal a way, to make use of the insane nuclear level wisdom in meditations than using the powerful psychotechnology of meaning wave to turn it into music. But you know, I had to, I had to mutate meaning wave for it to work. Because here's the thing, Marcus Aurelius. He's immortal, but is dead. His body is not here and and functioning. You know, I know what his spirit is up to. Well, we'll get into that in a little minute, actually, because I kind of do. But the body is not active. So then it's like, well, I could get someone to read his writings, like with a very noble sort of a voice, maybe. Like, then it's like. Eh. If you're trying to be super authentic, you'd want to get like Italian, but what it is? What did Italians even talk like two thousand years ago? And like I don't know. There's a couple of uh, people on YouTube. I can't remember this one guy. He's got a great YouTube channel, and he just reads Stoic texts. He's got a great voice. It was like I could hit that guy up. I'm sure, he wouldn't mind. And I thought, nah. There's something better. And I thought, I wonder what it'd sound like. If I read it, but like as if I was performing a rap, I saw a video someone tweeted, and、uh, it was a guy reading the newspaper in a Drake voice, and he just read the newspaper, but in Drake's voice over a beat, and it just sounded like Drake, and it was hilarious. You know, it's kind of like I, I kind of had that. I was like, let me just read a bit of meditations. I was making a bit of music at the time. And I started reading. I just let let it flop open. I started reading, and、uh, which bit was it? I got it. I think I know. Do I have a recording of it? I think I got a recording of doing that somewhere. But anyway, it was it was literally just、uh, when you wake up in the morning, ask yourself, you know. Ask yourself. Tell yourself. Tell yourself. Uh, and it was dope. It wasn't just dope. I gave myself an all-over body chill. You know, I just literally open open the book. Flops open. I had, had this music I was starting to work on. I was like, when you wake up in the morning, tell yourself the people I deal with today will be meddling, ungrateful, arrogant, dishonest, jealous, and surly. They are like this because they can't tell good from evil. But I have seen the beauty of good and the ugliness of evil, and I recognise that the wrongdoer has a nature related to my own, not of the same blood or birth, but the same mind, and possessing a share of the divine. And without even thinking, I repeated that: not of the same blood or birth, but the same mind, 
and possessing a share of the divine. And so none of them can hurt me. No one can implicate me in ugliness and nor can I feel angry at my relative or hate him. Because we were born to work together like feet, hands and eyes, like the two rows of teeth, upper and lower. To obstruct each other is unnatural. To feel anger at someone, to turn your back on him. These are obstructions. So discard your thirst for books so you won't die in bitterness. But in cheerfulness and truth, grateful to the gods from the bottom of your heart without thinking. Repeat, grateful to the gods from the bottom of your heart. And it's like, hang on, that's the chorus there. That's it. So repeat, discard your thirst for books so you won't die in bitterness. But in cheerfulness and truth, grateful to the gods from the bottom of your heart. Grateful to the gods from the bottom of your heart. Discard your thirst for books. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. At the same time, my head's going, what, what, what? And it's coming out of my face. So you won't die in bitterness. But in cheerfulness and truth, grateful to the gods from the bottom of your heart. Grateful to the guts in the bottom of your heart and i was like yo oh shit what just happened there wow it was like i had been possessed all the melody and all the rhythm that was inherent in the words all came out all at once i was like oh shit so this is how we do it this is what we do and then and then I then yeah next thing I knew that was there was more songs more song and then it was this weird thing with meditations right because um I was like okay how am I going to do this at first I thought I'll just like take the coolest bits but it's all cool it's all good it's all good it's weird right the way it's structured it's like it starts like the first book is just him doing shout outs not just I mean, it's him doing shout outs. It's like the liner notes of a CD where you're like, oh, thanks to my mom. You know, shout out to my mom. Like she, uh, you know, she didn't kick me out of the house. Well, not not until I was whatever, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, thanks to my dad, like gave me good taste in records or whatever. That's like the whole first book. And the way it seemed it was working out was basically like each book of meditations was working out about like five songs worth of, of words type thing. So like, I think it's eight books in meditations. So the album meditations volume one, that's, that's just the first two books. But here's the thing. Cause I was like, can I really do this sequentially? Cause the first book, that'd be the first half of the album. He's basically doing shout outs. How could that be a good song? <laughs> Yo. Yo, you, if you've not heard that shit, you wait till you hear that shit. Shout outs from a guy like Marcus or Aurelius uh, connected with a guy like your boy, the Don. Yo, yo, that's like, I was so shocked. I was so, cause I just, I just reading it with my eyes. There's another thing about the way we do stuff these days. Here's another thing about the printing press. The printing press gave us a lot, but it also robbed us of a lot. Because back in the day, you, you, you just remembered books. And you remembered books because, like, you didn't read a book. You, heard, you, you, got, you, you engaged in a story. You and your homies and your, and your peoples, you'd all be around a fire telling the story of the book together. And it'd be like, I'd say this bit and the other guy would say the next bit and the other guy would say the next bit, and, you know? And then we'd all join in on the another bit and we'd all be doing it together, you know? It's like, 
the telling of the story, the the telling of the myths, of the big of the epic poems, all that type of thing. You were involved and you heard what it sounded like and you felt what it was and you felt it coming out of your face and you understood the weight of it in a way that is difficult to do just reading with your eyes real fast. You know, the way you read with your eyes like three times as fast as with your mouth. And so that's good in a lot of ways, man. It brought, you know, it brought all these things, all these things to us. It gave us so much, but it robbed us of that. And when you're reading these things out loud through your face, you know, and it comes up, it comes out of your face. That's where it emerges, but it it goes through all of you. And it, and it you know, it reverberates through your whole being. Your whole being kind of shakes with the power of it. And then when you're giving it weight of rhythm, which is what you're doing to make it work with the music, you put some weight to the rhythm of the words, his stewardship of the treasury, his willingness to take responsibility. That was some, that was, um, who was that? I can't remember who he was talking about that. Oh yeah, he was talking about his adopted father. You know, compassion, unwavering adherence to decisions once he'd reached him, indifference to superficial honors listening to anyone who could contribute to the public good, his dogged determination to treat people as they deserved, a sense of when to push and when to back off, his altruism, not expecting his friends to keep him entertained at dinner or to travel with him. You see how all that, that like rhymes? He didn't write rhymes. I mean, here's another thing about this, right? These are translations. Now, to make this record, uh, I worked with a couple of different translations. Like, I got most of it from one, but like in certain places, I was cross-referencing multiple translations because sometimes people translate and like the meaning kind of gets a bit lost because maybe you translate something in the 60s and meaning of words changes a bit over the years or whatever it is. Anyway, so I was I was going between a couple of different translations just to check and make sure it was as as true to as true to it what it was as possible. You know. I didn't, you know, I didn't change anything really. Um, some words I shortened, I cut a few words. Like if something was a little flowery, maybe I would trim it a little bit. You know, just uh, there was a little simplification, a small amount, but not a huge amount. I didn't sit there and butcher it. I didn't like add in a load of yo. I didn't change it to like modern sounding words or anything like that, you know? And uh, it just flowed, man. It was really, really magical. Now, if you're a, if you're on my Patreon, uh, you can, you can watch videos of me making these songs, because I was I was switching on uh, the camera a bit while I was doing it, and it's really crazy, man. Like, literally, it just it would just flow. It just it just comes out, and you're like, what, what? You look at it on paper and this looks like a kind of almost gobbledygooky and kind of like, it looks like it's going to be difficult to say. It looks like it's really complicated and shit. And then, and then the music and the thing comes together and you speak it and it's clear and it makes sense and it's true and it's like powerful. And, and the melodies come out of the sky, man. And you're just pulling them out of the sky and they're really, really amazing melodies. This is like, this is my best shit by far, I think. It's really crazy. Like, you know, I've talked about this before, but sometimes I think what you're doing in this life is 
that's why I was saying that thing about, you know, looking in the mirror and like loving what's there, regard, doing the, the thinking self-love is like, oh, I'm great, whatever. You ain't great, whatever. You're useless, whatever. What you need to do is make yourself into a finely tooled machine, like a mech suit, you know, and then let God drive. You just like turn yourself into this finely tooled mech suit and then you let go. You gotta let go. People often talk to me like they say to me, how can you reconcile Jordan Peterson and Alan Watts? They both write. This is the thing, they're both right. People are like, oh, they're completely contradictory. They're not. You know, Jordan Peterson says, uh, you know, pick up the fucking biggest rock you can and bear it. He's like, you know, well, like, what could you be? Like, if you stop wasting time, how's about you make yourself the, the best you? And Alan Watts says, you know, let go. He says, people in this life, it's like, you know, you're falling off a cliff and you're hanging onto a rock that's also falling. It's like, let go. And that's both true. You know, get in congruence with your highest potential and let go and allow God to fucking drive the mech suit and amazing shit will occur. You know, and this was one of those situations where some amazing shit occurred because I let go. Part of this experiment in hyperproductivity and zone inhabitation involves a lot of letting go because you got to keep moving like that shark. You know, you got to keep moving. You can't be hanging on. You can't be second guessing. You can't be questioning. It didn't occur to me for a second to question whether, trans, like, turning a two thousand year old Stoic philosophical text philosophical text into a bunch of pop songs was a good or a bad idea if it was if it was weird or cool or whatever you know i i, I just did it because it i did it because it was the thing to do it was the right thing to do i fucking trust i trust the gods man and i've let go it's enough to the point to allow there to allow them to guide me you know to allow them to steer this mech suit you know and for me to you know, it just was obviously the right thing to do. It was just obviously the right thing to do. And it came out so good. And I really hope you enjoy it, you know? And I'm sure you will. And I really hope you find it useful. And I'm sure you will. I have. Here's the thing. Like, I know book one and two of meditations, like, so well, I can, like, I can, I can recite it, you know? Like here's the, I always used to say this when I remember when I started thinking about that idea that like the the printing press robbed us of, of what we had, which was we'd have whole books in us. We'd have to. And I was like, who has that nowadays? I was like, oh, rappers. That's who. Because, you know, as a rapper, I had, uh, how many rap songs are in me? So many rap songs are in me. And they can just come out at any time, you know. If, uh, so many, you know, I used to do like gigs, you know, I'd be rapping for hours, hours, hours of raps that were in me. And I remembered them and they were very complicated. And they would all come out in sequence, you know, but like now I've got book one and two of meditations just in me and that can just come out. I can just bring it out. It's just there, you know, and now you've got it too. 
you can listen to it as many times as you want as you need and it's and you've got it now it's in there neo in the matrix i know kung fu you know meaning wave is a psychotechnology and uh it just evolved a little bit quite bad she a big bit it was a big bit it was that was a, that was a big leap i mean you know yeah from uh from the joseph campbell album to the marcus album was a pretty big leap but if you go from like jordan peterson and kira the don't be a plumber to uh, meditations volume one that's a big fucking leap yo that's a leap that's like uh that's one giant step for mankind you know what i mean and i'm really excited to see what can, we can do with this what can we do with this what can we do next what can we do next well, I'll tell you what we're going to do next. What we're going to do next is Alan Watts. It's Alan Watts season, baby. It's spring. It's spring. Spring is sprung. And that means it's Watts wave season, baby. That's what it means. And uh, so that's pretty hype. That began this week. <laughs> and last night, uh, I armed myself with a new technology that allows me to play chords like Stevie Wonder and that's something I've wanted as long as I can remember and suddenly I have it suddenly I'm able to take melodies that are in my head and bring them into the world in, in seconds which I, I couldn't do yesterday, the day before yesterday I couldn't do at 9pm last night but at 1 in the morning I could and now I can forever we live in the age of miracles and wonders brothers and sisters we live in the age of miracles and wonders. I am grateful to the gods from the bottom of my heart. I truly, truly am. Uh, you know, I'm super grateful that you're here. I'm just chilling with you. I love this new podcast thing. I get to chill with you. You know, you're, you're, uh, I would, there's nowhere else I'd rather be, you know. Shout out to Lo-Fi Vibe, by the way. They featured some of our music on their legendary Lo-Fi and Chill playlist this week, if you're into Lo-Fi playlists. They got a really good one on Spotify. It's called Lo-Fi and Chill. They update it once a month. They're very, very uh, keyed into the Lo-Fi community. They have a really like influential uh, Instagram channel on uh, like uh, Instagram. <laughs> So yeah, they you should definitely check that out. And I'm very grateful to them. I'm grateful to everyone who shares the music, man. Like I say, that's the that's our marketing strategy. Make good music and you share it. That's it. That's what we do. And it's working. Thanks to you. Meditations Volume One, Akira the Dun and Marcus Aurelius. It's out now. You can listen to that now. And forevermore. Forevermore. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, what was I going to say? Hit me up. Like, if you got any questions or anything, send me questions. You can do that, Akira the Dawn, at Akira the Dawn, on Insta or Twitter. Or you can leave questions in the Ask Akira channel on the Discord. And I'll, I'll start answering them on this podcast. And if you want to send me a voice message, you can do that. You can DM me that on Instagram at Akira the Dawn. It's probably the best way to do it. You can send me a voice message and I'll play it on here. 
like we did with uh, my New Zealand homie last week, the week before last. Hey, that was cool. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I should probably call it a day. I'm trying to keep these podcasts short. Oh, but I didn't tell you, did I? I saw, I saw the My Hero Academia movie. Heroes Rising. Far, it was really good. I took Charlotte and Hercules. Charlotte is my wife. Hercules is my son. He's seven. He loved it. Charlotte enjoyed it. She was a bit. I think she got fell asleep at one point though. I think she got confused or something. But like, you know, there's a lot of fights. <laughs> me and Hercules loved it. And what it did for me, what it really did for me, it was like I was watching. It, I'm like, what is this feeling? I'm feeling something. I was like, oh shit, this that feeling that I used to get when I read American superhero comics when I was a little boy and a teenager and a young man before the comics industry got uh, taken over by ideologically possessed morons. I was like, yo, what is this feeling? What is this thing that's making me so excited and joyful? And I realized the clue is in the title of My Hero Academia. It's the hero bit. It's the heroism. Heroism. Like heroism. Heroism. All these cats, all the, all, this, all the heroes in my hero academia are heroes. Like they're virtuous and not in the virtuous where you go on about it. It's where you just do it for the sake of doing it and you don't even think about it or consider it to be virtuous. That's real virtue. The virtue that speaks not its name that isn't virtue, therefore is virtue. As uh, as Alan Watts, quoting Lao Tzu, pointed out, pointed out so very well. I've, like, they're just out there, like, rescuing cats and helping old ladies and all that, and just being just, you know, just, just being useful and helpful. And then they have to, like, really level up because, like, something, like, way bigger than them comes that they have to take on. And there's sacrifice. And, like, you know, these cats would rather, uh, like, you know, they'd rather lose their lives than innocence lose theirs. They'd rather lose their powers than, uh, than evil triumph. And here's the other thing. Uh, my homie Peter pointed this out about that last uh, Avengers movie. He's like, oh, that shit was bullshit. It's like... That wasn't heroic. I was like, well, Tony Stark did sacrifice himself. He's like, yeah, but like, he just killed everybody. And the first, it's like, their first, modern, modern Western superheroes, it's like whenever there's a problem, the first, their first point thing to do is like, all right, let's kill him. You know what I mean? Just kill him. Captain Marvel just loves killing people. Like, if Captain Marvel was in the 60s or 70s, everyone would consider her to be a supervillain. Because she is, just acts like a supervillain. She's like haughty and aloof and bitchy and mean. And she just likes and seems to revel in killing people. Takes great joy and pleasure in killing people. There's some new Marvel comic in which like She-Hulk is pissed off because like some guy doesn't get as big a sentence as she thinks he should. So like she kills him and she kills a policeman or something. Like, like and it's like, I was thinking like, well, the people who invented modern superheroes, Jack Kirby fought in the Second World War 
against the Nazis. You know, he fought in a war. You know, he like, you know, he was engaged in actual heroism. So for him to then go and write comics about it wasn't much of a stretch. He'd seen it like comics that involve, you know, like fighting and like masculine kind of like feats of, 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 uh, of strength or what have you, you know, like he'd done that shit. It made sense. The people writing modern superhero comics, they fuck, they fight, they squabble amongst themselves on Twitter. You know, that's their great war. Their great war is getting people canceled. It's like bitching at each other on Twitter and ruining people's lives. Like that's their heroism. So that's the heroes they write. I like that. You know what I mean? When they, they, they despise true heroism because true heroism is a mirror for that, which they do not possess. Same thing happening everywhere. You see it in your movies. You see it in your, you see it in your, I don't know, your other forms of entertainment. You see it in your TV shows. Don't get me started. I mean, I don't watch TV and I don't live in the UK and I don't go to BBC. But word, I, I heard what you did to Doctor Who, you, you creepy fuck. Are you evil, creepy fucks? I heard what you did. You know what they did to Doctor Who? Beloved children's TV show, Magical Adventure. Time-traveling escapades. They made it so that, like, the origin of Doctor Who is that, like, someone was, like, experimenting on a tiny child and killing them over and over and over to work out how they regenerated. And uh, then, after killing them thousands of times, they worked out how they regenerated them and they stole that power and created the Time Lords, created Doctor Who. <laughs> Imagine the bitterness and hatred that must consume your soul to do that to such a beloved story that's lasted so many generations and brought so much joy and wonder and then you just poison it. It's not bad enough that you take you like you destroy the modern incarnation and make the modern incarnation just some like uh cultural Marxist, you know man-hating, misandric, self-hating, miserable, trendy, pathetic, soy-guzzling nonsense. You have to go back in time. Huh? You think you're so smart doing it as well? You bet. You could imagine when he's like, ha, 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 tangible. I will go back in time and ruin it for everybody from the beginning. Ruin what was ever good and pure about it. Infect all of it with my own self-hatred, my own ridiculous view of, of, uh, of myself and my culture or the West or whatever it is. Man. <laughs> you think, man, these poor fools. Like, what a horrible way to be. You, my friend, should read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Or you should listen to Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And then you'd probably understand a little bit more about uh, nobility and virtue and, and uh, how to live a, a useful life. <laughs> you know? So yeah, maybe that's what we—that's maybe what we need to do. I guess we just need to whoever the, whoever the weirdos are, who are desecrating our modern myths and and vandalizing the Louvre. How do you say Louvre? Is it Louvre? Louvre? Drawing drawing willies all over the Mona Lisa. Those all these people are just like scribbling their miserable self-hating fan fiction on top of the Bible, retconning it so that like Jesus was like a slave owner or something. You know what I mean? What is wrong with you? <laughs> you 
anyway uh it's cool though because uh you know that stuff is on the way out for which i'm glad and uh you know it's beautiful days ahead of us people say oh cure the john are you worried about coronavirus i say no why would i worry about something outside of my control i concern myself of of with matters within my control so with regards to coronavirus there's always some virus it's one every two years you know it's always you know every two years every four years every election <laughs> this is something i saw earlier that said look man wash your hands uh don't high five weirdos all right you have to do the air high five right now just be careful you know we're going to do the international high five and uh none of us will get ill from that and it'll be great you know um you know keep clean <laughs> you know some people are going to freak out they might run out and uh and you know buy all the food in the supermarket so just make sure you got enough food in the house to last a little bit and you should do that anyway you know, my guy Naval Ravikant was on Scott Adams' show earlier, and he's like, yeah, I think it'll be good. It's like, you know, it's just going to make us do a bunch of stuff we should have been doing anyway, you know, just be be focused on hygiene and stuff of that nature, you know, make our own drugs, don't just be relying on one, one random country to do all that. You know what I mean? It's going to be cool, man. Who was it? I was thinking the other day, like, you know, they got these real crazy good toilets in Korea, in South Korea. So why don't we got those? I want the crazy good toilets, you know, to like clean your bottom, you know, for you. You know, the talcum powder, your nutsack or whatever. Little robot arm comes out, you know, like talks your, talks your undercarriage for you. I want that. Why ain't I got that? We're live from the peak of recorded human history right here. This is the greatest time to be alive. But my toilet does not wash my nuts. And it should. Hey, well, maybe one result of this coronavirus will be that toilets will wash our nuts. And wouldn't that be a beautiful thing, brothers and sisters? Hey, I think it would. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, you know, be cool. Uh, don't freak out. Literally never useful. You know, just be smart. Control that with which is in your control and concern thyself not with that which is without you know because any time that you're stressing about stuff outside of your control that's time you're not attending to that which is within your control which means you're actively causing problems you're actively getting in the way of the natural flow of the universe you're stopping us from frolicking amongst the stars by stressing about nonsense on Twitter, over which you have no control, you are getting in the way of us and our children frolicking in the stars like some space bambies, you know? And we deserve our space bambi fun time. So, you know, be chill, be like the fans, you know? Listen to Meditations Volume 1. Wherever you listen to music, you be excellent to one another. Hey, how about that? And you make sure you're engaging in epic activities because you know what they say. Epic activities only in 2020. 
All right? And that's word. And that's real. Thank you for being here. Love to you and your family. This has been Akira, the Don Don Studios, March 2020. Peak of recorded human civilization right here. It's a beautiful day to be alive. And uh, I'm very glad to spend it with you. You, and most definitely you. Speak to you next week.